0: Hello, and welcome to the Prepared Podcast. I'm Zach Dunham. And I am Spencer Wright. And we are a couple wild and crazy guys talking uh, across the world today. Um, Welcome to the Prepared Podcast, um, where we talk about engineers and designers who are working on everything from uh, Spencer. Remind me, what's our one line again about this?
1: Uh, So our, our one line is uh it's honest conversations with engineers and operators about their work and careers. Um, and for the past couple episodes, we've been talking mostly about um, our own current project, which is the public radio. Um, and I'm calling right now um, and the reason that the audio quality in this episode is a little bit uh, subpar from it's our great. previous episodes. it's great it's, it's gonna be great uh, is that uh, I'm actually, uh, in Taipei, Taiwan, right now, in a hotel room, and so we are recording this over a complicated mess of Audacity and Skype and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, but I... wanted to kind of have an update as I'm I'm over here visiting a couple of our factories, um, and we're thinking more about our operations in the next couple of months, um, and thought it would be good to have a little check-in.
0: Yeah, and we're sweating it out here in uh, humid Brooklyn and. The middle of our Kickstarter campaign, which is going well, um, it's just stressful. Man, it's stressful. Yeah. I, w- yep. I mean, yeah, today was, today was better. We had some pretty good traction. We're currently uh, just about 46,000, um, a little over 800 backers, which is like a real number. I mean, it still is impressive that yeah. um, people are excited about this. Um. But definitely feeling the mid campaign sort of doldrums. I feel like we're there's a very tactile sort of ceiling right now on Kickstarter um, with the, with the traction of our of our product. It feels yeah. Like. Um, but yeah, for the purpose of of this episode, um, one of the things I think, Spence, that you wanted to talk a little bit about was given that you're overseas, um, the our decisions around you know making and assembling this this product in the U.S. Uh, versus Asia and sort of the politics of that and, and what that all means.
1: Yeah, and maybe it's better maybe maybe it's good to just set context for what exactly I'm doing here because I think that'll be a good lead of that conversation. Yeah. What um, are you doing there? So. Yeah. So as I said, I'm I'm in Taipei right now. I'm actually I'm in my hotel, and um, after we finish recording, I'm going to head to the airport to fly to Shenzhen. Um, and I'm visiting two of our key suppliers um, on this. Uh, the first, which I visited yesterday, was um, a company that we um, purchase our lids from. This is a, a brushed stainless steel sheet pr- part. Um, And we we purchased parts, we purchased parts of them from the first campaign as well. Um, They supplied 2,500 lids for us previously. Um, And I've been kind of emailing back and forth to this guy, Kevin, for the past couple of years. Uh, And then on Monday, I'm visiting our speaker manufacturer, which is in Dongguan, which is a city um, in the Pearl River Delta. Um, the, The speaker manufacturer, both of us actually visited. Uh, I guess it was, it was almost years two years ago, ago right? Yeah. It was it, was, it, was, it was the end of July, I think, right?
0: No, it was August. Um,
1: yeah. It was August? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so we visited that supplier two years ago um, after our first Kickstarter campaign. And since then, well, while we were there, um, we talked about this a little bit in the first episode. While we were there, we were in the process of putting the public radio on hold. But we started into motion some pretty significant redesigns of our speaker, um, which we then have slowly worked on over the past two years and then got our first 10 samples of maybe a month ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going there just to, to dial in a couple of other details on that part. Um, and the, the, you know, we wanted to kind of check in and uh, talk just a little bit about these these places that I'm visiting, but also, um, you know, it did strike me that, you know, uh, on our Kickstarter campaign, we're we're all about you know how we're we're manufacturing this product in the U.S. Um, and we have um, a partner called Accelerated Assemblies in Illinois who's going to be doing all of our print circuit board assembly and mechanical assembly, and then. Um, are actually our tuning shipping. and fulfillment as well. Yeah. Yep. Which is a really big deal for us, right? Um, and I mean, I guess, Zach, maybe you could talk about this, like how you know you see a lot of products that are not so dissimilar from ours coming through Kickstarter. Yep. C- can you give me a sense of like, like what portion of those do any part of that process in the U.S.?
0: Um you know, it's interesting. Uh, I think that the typical like Kickstarter hardware campaign is the is 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 usually um, let's prototype this uh, in our you know studio space in in the U.S. and then very quickly figure out a way to get this made overseas, right? That's that's kind of like everybody's goal. And I would say the vast majority of the sort of you know, quote-unquote hardware projects on Kickstarter, something, you know, electronics in in a box type of thing, um, are made uh, in Southern Asia or overseas, um, or Southern China, rather. Um, it's funny, uh, Ted Hall writes about this a lot, like, the, the ways in which, I think he has this great medium poster about, like, the we we need to be like cheering for a new a new type of hardware hero not somebody who's like uh scales up really quick and offshores everything and then uh you know and then gets acquired but but someone who figures out how to do it more sustainably here in the states and this is like we we joke about this a lot for our project too right we're like we're we're not you know we're not blind to the fact that we're we are, we are not going to make America great again with the production of the public radio. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's sure. it's less, um, you know, less driven less driven by by patriotism, I would say, and more by convenience of being able to produce this product here. So I would say, yeah, to answer your question, most of the Kickstarter campaigns that I think we read about in the newspapers um, end up being produced overseas. That said, there are, there are a handful of really nice design projects. I mean you, you think of like um, Seway and Taylor or um, Creighton Behrman yep. um, who, who has this like, beautiful collection of you know slow food movement, um, sort of cooking devices, you know coffee makers, teas, which is live right now actually It's I'm funny you further. mentioned
1: those two because those those two projects are ones that I personally backed in the past whatever week and a half.
0: they're beautiful um,
1: really excited to get both of those yeah Yeah. i
0: i think that that's the like very typical um that's like the the best of the sort of made in usa uh campaign and I, i yeah i just i have mixed feelings about the whole this whole thing it's funny so in thinking about this recording um today i was doing some googling knowing that we we may be um I don't want to say misleading with our made in the US uh slogan but I don't think that we're totally right with this. So I'm on the Made in America movement uh website right now which I don't I don't know how oh gen- boy genuine of a thing this is but there's all right there's some breakdown <laughs> right so there's made in USA there's made in USA with foreign and domestic components which I think we are in that category. There's assembled in the USA. And then there's packaging displays, USA flag, USA map, the words USA or America are part of the brand name. Um, And this is more of like an implied statement of American origin. Um, Usually it's, it's sort of a misleading thing. So the made in USA like full on product technically means, you know, all of the major components of a thing are made in the US, not just assembled in the US.
1: And so interesting. Yeah, and which which for our product is literally impossible, right? I mean, we couldn't, you know, we could conceivably get our knob, our lid, um, probably just those two things totally. in the U.S. But
0: this was my getting next
1: potentiometers, thing. antennas, speakers, the speakers, the speaker. and then even worse. I mean, if you look at any of our our yeah like our fmic or our mcu like those are not made in the usa right
0: yeah they're 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 not i mean yeah. i i it's funny so i yeah the, the the next thing that i did was start googling uh what are the the major you know us speaker uh companies um jbl which we looked into Bose. like
1: 3 years ago or whatever
0: yeah none of that stuff is made in the us i mean you have a yeah some really high end Uh, loudspeakers are made in canada i think like really nice ones are made there um and other really nice ones are made in the U in the uk but for a one-inch driver like i think that we would be really hard pressed to find a speaker manufacturer in the u.s so um yeah
1: yeah and if we did it would cost like 10 times as much as the current one we're using which would mean that our product would have to, you know, we are we're at a forty dollar price point. We right. would be at more like an eighty dollar price point or a hundred dollar price point, which is just kind of right. not feasible. Right.
0: So yeah. so all of this is just like a big <laughs>
1: big disclaimer.
0: Uh, if you are on our Kickstarter yeah. campaign and you really are a stickler about that made in U.S., um, yeah, we we should probably have a footnote there that says uh, made made in the U.S. with some with some domestic components. Wait, what was the wording again? Um,
1: Domestic and foreign, domestic or domestic and foreign yeah.
0: made in USA with foreign and domestic components. Yeah, that's our classification. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, and I think that's yeah, like I, I totally feel that. And uh, the part of the reason that this came up to me was that um, I mentioned to somebody that I was heading to China to visit one of our suppliers, and they were like, Oh, like what's with the made in USA stuff then? Who said that? Um, no. just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <yeah. laughs> uh, uh well but it's a it's a it's a fair question, right? And I think that um you know, for for me uh I just kind of take for granted that when you get down to a component level like everything is made globally, right? I mean it's just mm-hmm. um you know, the yeah, the the kinds of products, especially in electronics. Cause again, like if we were going to try and get our microcontroller from the U S it's just not, it's not possible. Right. Um, yeah, t- those are like, TI like multi-billion dollar in investments. Right. So, yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. Uh, but I, and I think that the, the other part of it for me is that, yeah, like you said, we're not, we're not doing this for some, jingoistic thing like we you know we're we're not trying to make america great again like we and i and like uh that's not to say that we don't like american manufacturing and want to do more of our manufacturing close to home which is actually something that i'm and we've we've talked about this a bunch over the past whatever 6 months like i would love to be assembling public radio even closer to new york um i i had this feeling that yeah uh the like it, it benefits our our community. Like it, it benefits me to be able to look at like these little nuanced problems about, um, yeah, how to how to make this process a little bit more efficient. Which you don't you don't get to see that unless you are really really close to the actual process. And so, I would love to have this stuff happening closer and closer to home. Um, but it's not like some uh, it's it's not for like political nationalist reasons, right, Right. Um, and, and, like, I, you know, this, the feeling that I get when I come to cities like Taipei, or to an even greater extent, Shenzhen, like, Mm -hmm. it is, it's, the energy is so palpable, and it's, um, yeah, it's really exciting being at a place where people are just, people are making stuff, and they're excited about it, and they're, Um, there's so much hustle, right? There's, uh, you know, yeah, that's that's really exciting to me, yeah. and I don't, like, to to say, like, no, I'm not going to use, I'm not going to, you know, do business with them because they're, they are part of a different political system, it's just like, like you're missing the point, man, like, these, like, like, Kevin, our lid manufacturer is, like, he's got hustle, yeah. you know, and he has, he's been a great partner for us, yeah. and I'm Totally happy to do business with them because of that.
0: No, uh, two years ago when we were walking around the electronics malls and um, actually having time to, yeah, just where you have people assembling phones from scratch, you know, like it's or all the wire assemblies. I mean, that was just, that totally blew my mind. That was, you know, uh, going to makerspaces in New York and then going to makerspaces, going to just electronics malls in, in Shenzhen, it was just like, yeah, get real. Like we we're just, we're so fake about this sometimes, you know, it's no, not to be, not to poo-poo any of the, you know, yeah, like hackerspaces around New York, but, but just seeing someone literally building a iPhone clone up from scratch, you know, while their baby is like running around on top of this table with like SMT parts all over the place. That was just
1: (laughs) real deal. It's so cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So give me the download. I I think anybody who is,
1: uh, uh, well, I was just gonna say, I think anybody who's been to these places has probably similar experiences. Um, but so, yeah, so we're kind of, we're speaking to the crowd in some cases, but if you haven't been, I strongly recommend it. It's, it's super exciting. Yeah.
0: So, um, Quickly, give me the download on yesterday. You visited Kevin, yeah. uh, our lid supplier, and
1: yeah, and we chatted on WeChat about this a little bit yesterday. But um, this is this is mostly new information to you too, Zach. Uh, so God. visit. No, no, it's good. No, um, uh, visit Kevin. Uh, Took a taxi out there. Um, uh, I'm staying like in Taipei proper, and. His factory is in Taoyuan, which is closer to the airport, um, and yeah, it's a little stamping shop. They make, you know, they make, you know, progressive die stamped uh, parts. Um, you know, couple dozen employees. Uh, Kevin's dad is, I think, the owner. He referred to him as the general manager a couple of times. And I'm pretty sure he's the owner actually. Um, and uh, unfortunately, I was not able to see our parts in actual series production but Mm -hmm. they did they did take our die and put it in a machine and they had the 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 difference is um for production our our parts are stamped from a long coil um but for this sample they just took kind of like some strips of material and were stamping them kind of by hand Mm -hmm. um and then i got to see the coining die as well we had made uh we, we, yeah, this is kind of uh, very, very early on in our process, um, the first go around, the, the first Kickstarter campaign, we hadn't specifically asked for the lid to be coined, which is this process where you basically just, um, you have a stage in the die where you, you're you not cutting anything, you're just kind of mashing all the edges of the part to reduce any burrs that might be on the on the actual corner of the part. And so, unfortunately, we have two different tools, one of which creates the shape, and another of which just um, kind of rounds the corners over to prevent you from cutting yourself when you're handling the radio. Yeah, um, we had to like see a nice both of those tools in operation.
0: Shaving tool, but essentially, the first time around.
1: Shaving tool? Wait, um,
0: <laughs> just making a stupid joke. Oh, it was oh, crazy oh, oh, sharp. Oh god! It shaving was really
1: tool. Sharp. Oh god! Yeah. Yeah, 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 we got our first, um, sorry, it's early here, uh, we got our first samples from Kevin, uh, whatever, two and a half years ago, and the, yeah, the corner was just sharp, and so this, the second tool just um, uh, gets rid of of those bursts. Yeah. so. Um, so you saw the dial. Yeah, I got to see both of those tools being, being done, uh, or being used, um, which was nice, and, um, you know, if we were gonna go up to the kind of like a next series of production, um, if we were producing like an order of magnitude more parts, then we might consider buying a new tool that had both of those things in one. I think we would save something like five cents per part um, by combining the coining tool into the the rest of the the progressive die. Oh
0: my god, cash so, flow, cash flow. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. So that was cool to see, hmm. and then the rest of the time there was spent talking. So uh, Kevin has been very eager about getting us to do more business in Taiwan. And we had, in our first go around, we were sourcing our antennas from a supplier in Shenzhen, which we visited. Um, we'll put a link to the the photos from that in the show notes. Yep. Um, we visited them two years ago and they didn't have, quite the, um, quite the level of, uh, professionalism, um, or hustle that we were looking for. And so probably a year and a half ago, Kevin emailed us and was like, Hey, are there any other parts that we can help you source? And they are like, <laughs> antenna. Hey, try this antenna. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, he's actually sourcing them from somebody else in Taiwan who has, who owns a factory in Shanghai or near Shanghai. Um, and so Kevin is kind of acting as a middleman for this. Yeah. Um, he's but, a hustler. Uh, he's a hustler, yeah, exactly. But the owner of this other factory w- um, came and met uh, with me yesterday. And so um, one of the issues that we've had on the first, or that we had on the, on the earlier production run was that um, there's this little, cr- is a part that's crimped into the bottom of the antenna that allows it to kind of attach to the print circuit board. And we had some issues with, that crimp coming loose over time, especially if somebody were was kind of like, not handling their radio roughly, but also not being super delicate with it. Um, and so we spent a while talking about that and figuring out how we can improve this crimp so that the of will last. Um, yeah, and there were two yeah.
0: things though, right? Because the, there's that, there's the that there it was a single crimp. There and were. We wanted to move it to a double crimp, but then also, uh, and we were talking about making those those grooves deeper so that the 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 crimp. Yeah would actually hold a little bit better but did you guys also talk about the um that like uh edge on the um oh wait no now we're now we're doing a male threaded end never mind that was yeah big issue yeah we have the chain of design yeah. yep yep
1: that's right yeah so uh this is <laughs> well i, I can we i think i posted
0: a can of worms like a
1: that. change log to this on my blog a long time ago yeah, yeah. um yeah, that issue is null now, but we did talk about the the crimp issue, and I think we have, I think we're, I think we're gonna nip it. Um, we do have some kind of timeline stuff that we have to think about a little bit. Um, basically, we're we are planning a hundred unit sample run, so we would actually run through the entire process of manufacturing 100 radios in early August, um, and in order to hit that, we're gonna have to. We have to really push on our end um, to get all these parts coordinated um, in the next week, basically. So yeah, um, we can we can talk more about that offline, maybe. Uh, we also so this this same supplier, this the subcontractor of Kevin's, is also supplying our knobs. And um, when we got samples of the knobs a couple of months ago, what the the kind of s- I would say probably the second most common issue we had on the first run of public radios was that the set screw that holds the knob to the potentiometer shaft would just come slightly loose, and then the the knob would kind of spin, and people had a hard time, people don't have little Allen wrenches in their house, and so they wouldn't they would ever, they could never figure out how to tighten it, and it was just kind of a little bit of a pain. Mm -hmm. And so we're using... Set screws that have a little nylon patch on them now, which will um, just kind of lock the the threads. Yeah. Um, so we talked a little bit about that, and we're also we're getting these knobs packaged in trays. So they're going to be easy to um, assemble in Illinois Spencer, and so on out. and so forth. So um, yeah, overall it was it was really good. Um, it was interesting. You know, it's always funny being in a room with whatever four or five people. Uh, so Kevin's English is is good, and then he actually brought a friend, this guy named Sam, who actually went to school in Indiana, and his English was was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always interesting, kind of being in a room with with four people and um, and kind of letting like like you're all engineers of some variety, and so you're able to kind of uh, like talk or and communicate gesturally a lot of time. Yep. Um yep, yep. but uh, yeah it was fun. Uh so
0: you feel like we we figured out the issues with with both of those things?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean the knobs the knobs look great. Cool. Um the new set screws are, are good and um since they're gonna package them in trays, I think we're gonna be um, in a really good position with accelerated assembly putting these together. Mm-hmm. Um, you the antennas. Though... Did, did you did you oh, tell, did
0: you tell them that uh, we had um, my seven year old uh, nephew assembling them the first time around? We had a little bit of a failure. But we're not sure if it was the set screw or if it was just the child labor that we had on board.
1: Yeah. But this pass will really help. Um, the next no. Time yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we we won't have to ship uh, your nephew out to Illinois to yeah. assemble bombs this time. Yeah, he'd be pumped. Um, the, the antennas we have, like, I'm totally confident that we can, that we can figure out a way to get these here on time Mm -hmm. and with the right, um, so I think that the, yeah, the fallback plan would be, we basically just get, we like, we, we're going to run through an additional sample process where we're going to get like eight or 10 of these things that have, um, this, this different crimp method, Mm -hmm. um, and it's possible that we just end up, you know, before we've decided that that is definitely the way we want to go, it's possible that we actually purchase like 100 samples that just allow us to go through the entire manufacturing process. So we can make 100 of these things and we have, we have some antennas that might not be the production antennas. Um, and then we just, we will receive the actual production antennas like a week later and so we'll have to swap out the earlier ideas for the new ones.
0: This is this um, is uh, this is good fodder for the next episode. Um,
1: I think so. Yeah, it gets a little bit complicated. We might have to have a, a, a visual diagram of this as well, yeah. possibly. So,
0: well, it's also interesting because I mean, it's thinking about the. I would say, for me, the big thing here is our Kickstarter campaign has forty-six k in it right now with twenty-four days to go, and so. Do you sort of over-optimize your production schedule? Uh, uh, yeah. Let me let me phrase. Do you do you invest early in optimizing for your production um, without knowing what your overall raise on Kickstarter is going to be? Or do you play it more financially conservative and wait and see what that is, and then sort of roll out with the production plan that we have, which is a pretty tight timeline, but could probably work mm-hmm. without doing this hundred unit run in advance. Um, yeah, I think it's a good it's a good conversation for, for next time a little bit.
1: Um, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, so. So
1: yeah, it was a good it was a good visit, um, and I. I have a little bit of a whirlwind trip here, Um, flying to Shenzhen in a couple hours. And then I'm gonna gonna try and spend a little bit of time in Shenzhen browsing around and see if I can find, or just kind of confirm pricing on our um, potentiometer and battery clips. Uh, And then i probably have a day off on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, Nothing's really gonna be open and then go to our speaker manufacturer on Monday, which um, I'm looking forward to. Cool. The, and the plan there um, is basically just to look at the, the yeah, the, the big outstanding question there is these these terminals. Um, basically on the first run of public radios, we, we had a little wire assembly attached to the speakers, which I'm, Plugged into a receptacle on the print circuit board, um, and that was. It actually ended up not being a source of failure at all, but it was a difficult assembly process. No,
0: it was a. Source and
1: of so, failure.
0: it totally was a source of dude, failure.
1: Well,
0: because we, um, but, Uh well, yeah, because
1: less than yeah, we we threw speakers away, right?
0: Oh, but no, well, it was a huge source of failure because the um, the jacketing on that wire which was like a 28 yes. gauge wire when you would split the two pair apart would actually tear yep. and then because we had grounded our lid with the bolts of the speaker and the way that the wires pass next to where the bolts would pass through the circuit board you could actually short out the speaker to ground through touching by yes. touching one of the bolts and so it was this crazy process where we're I mean, I thought the yeah, the wires were like the wires were a pretty good source of failure.
1: But yeah, I, I guess my point is just that we like a lot of those. You know, we would we would we talked about this the other day on the previous episode where we would kind of start by prepping all of these speakers. Yeah. Um, but then we would do a visual inspection of each one, and if anyone had like a tear on its on the insulation of the wires we had a couple different ways of mitigating that. You, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it was, this was, it, I mean, it was a major pain in the ass. Like, no matter how you slice it, it was a major pain in the ass. Um, and so so on this version, we're using, like, through-hole print circuit board pins on the speakers. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll actually get soldered directly to the print circuit board, um, which is awesome and also uh, means finding a terminal that, that work that like fits the yeah it's it is not a standard part um and so we've been kind of going back and forth with nova our new uh contacted at our speaker manufacturer about that and yeah so i'll have to kind of sit down with them on monday and um see if we can find a better solution for that because the current the current terminal is basically a little bit long um, and so we have to figure out if we can find another terminal that's a little bit shorter or if we can modify this one or something like that. Cool. So, awesome. yeah, looking forward to that. How about you?
0: Uh, I I need to I need to hop off the phone. I have to go run parts over to, oh, yeah, to, yeah. to Josh. Uh, Josh is getting a couple PCBs um, sent to him on Monday. I'm getting a couple sent to me on Wednesday. We're going to each build up some boards. Um, but I mean, yeah, going well, like I said, I'm, I'm thinking about the Kickstarter campaign. I'm thinking about ways to continue, um, building some excitement around this single station radio. I'm fussing around with Facebook ads. I'm speaking to our, you know, potential, uh, retail partners, um, and doing a little bit of testing with the new software as Josh has been sort of or new firmware rather as Josh has been kind of updating things and um moving parts around in Eagle Yeah that
1: that looks great by the way. What's that? Uh just the the yeah everything that Josh has been doing looks awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
0: The UI, there's a couple button press things that that look a little bit weird. I have them on a few different radios, and I've given them to people. Um, but it's, it's much better. Um, I think overall, the experience of, like, if your batteries die, knowing, knowing that that's the case, or if you're, uh, you know, the, the process of saving and resetting yeah. the station, all that, that looks good. Um, yeah, and then just trying to get our price down. I mean, it's just still expensive to... To build. I mean, we're still at almost eighteen dollars a radio right now, um, all in for Cogs um, assembled in the USA with some parts foreign and domestic. Uh, yeah. and costs eighteen dollars. So, um, yeah, that's that's the the cost for, yeah, for in the country.
1: And just to be explicit about that, the the issue there is. You know, we can sell direct-to-consumer with healthy margins, um, but selling through a retailer is just really hard at that cost. Um, And so, and it is this weird chicken-and-egg problem where, you know, if you had a huge purchase order, then you could get your cost down, right? Um, But you can't get the huge purchase order until you get your cost down. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I think, like, we have we have some things that we can do about that um and the yeah so i've been i've been thinking a lot about the actual um the mechanical assembly process and because that that has the potential to be a pretty big source of cost on on the product because it is being done in the u.s um where we have relatively high labor rates yeah right now and so and we'll yeah we'll go into that more in a, in a future episode maybe about how we're managing this mm-hmm. um, this assembly pro- uh, process um, but uh yeah
0: next time we'll talk about uh costs I'm sure that we'll bicker on whether or not it makes sense financially <laughs> to uh do this hundred unit run production uh, and 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 <laughs> mechanical assembly uh, and how the hell we're gonna do that. We also need to get an update from Gabe, which, yeah. which would be interesting, and get some other people on this show. I really want to get, um, I really would love to have, to have John Bobro on soon. Um, yeah, definitely. And I want to get my friends from BioLite in here to, to talk, so we're going we're to mix it up. It's not all going to be public radio talk forever. Um, yep. We're just busy. This is what we have to talk about.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Spencer, safe travels.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Um, and yeah, you, you and I will talk soon. Everybody else. Um, have a great 4th of July.
0: All right, man. Talk to you soon.
1: All right, Zach. Talk soon.